Hello everyone on First Chapter Fun on Facebook. I'm just going to mess around with uh, Instagram here for a second. There we go. Um, hello, this is First Chapter Fun. My name is Hannah Mary McKinnon and it is Tuesday at 12.30pm and this is episode number 323 of First Chapter Fun. This is the place where Hank Philippi Ryan and I, Hank Philippi Ryan being my partner in fictional crime, and I bring you the first chapter of a different book every Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. So welcome. If this is the first time you've caught an episode of First Chapter Fun, uh, we've been doing this for almost three years. It'll be three years next month, uh, in about a month, actually, on March 17th. Um, and if you have missed any of the episodes, fear not, because they are all saved in our archives on Instagram. Oops, on Everything's wobbling now. On Instagram, just go to our videos and you will see them there. I think it's Reels, everything's under there. And now on Facebook as well, you can go to media videos, you can scroll through the feed, you can go to the handy featured posts with all of the links. Or you can find in files, you'll find a list of all of the reads, all of the 322. Um, today is 323. So welcome. Welcome, everyone. How are you doing? Happy Valentine's Day if you celebrate. Um, and happy Tuesday if you do not. That's all perfectly fine. Whatever works best for you. We're thrilled to have... Um, a really, really cool book for you today. I mean, we always have cool books, obviously, um, but I'm really, really thrilled to be bringing you a very special one um, that I know you are going to like. So let me say hello to people who are coming in as we're gathering. I see Carla and Shannon and Diane uh, and Susie and Linda and so many people joining us on Facebook. Now, here's a little thing for Facebook, not Instagram. If you're on Instagram, you can you can disregard this. But on Facebook, we go live um, via StreamYard. And StreamYard's a little bit particular because we're able to do cool things. You can't see this on Instagram. Like this, where I can highlight comments and we can have fancy banners like this. Um, but if we don't know, if you haven't allowed StreamYard to see your name, that means we can't see your name. So if you don't know whether you have allowed StreamYard to see your name when you comment on Facebook or not, just put your name at the end of the comments. So for example, Shannon, yes, she's allowed StreamYard to see her name, but here we have a Facebook user who says, hi, Hannah. Hello, Facebook user. I don't know who you are. But then we have Margaret here who has just popped her name at the end of the comment. So just, <clears throat> just do that. So I see Hank is here. Hank says, hi from Cleveland. Are you not on a plane right now, Hank? Hank, of course, is on book tour um, for her brilliant book, The House Guest, which published and which we read from here, of course, last week. If you didn't catch that episode, make sure you go back um, to our archive, not right now, but do it afterwards. And um, you can hear the first chapter of The House Guest. And then you can also listen to Hank and I chatting about The House Guest for a little while. Um, I see lots and lots and lots of people arriving. This is great. Hank is saying, see you at the library tonight. Okay, give us more details. I believe um, Jen Jumba, librarian extraordinaire, and Hank are hanging out today. Give us the details, pop them in the comments, both on Facebook and Instagram, 
so that other people can join in the fun. That would be great. On Instagram, I see Sharon, I see Steph, I see Sylvia, I see Cat Reader, SML Proof Reading. I see so many people. This is absolutely wonderful. Thank you all for tuning in and for being here. Hank says, I just arrived at the hotel just in time. Phew. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. I wondered if you were going to tune in from the plane, <laughs> which would have been really quite cool and really quite funny too. So I know that I saw today's author on Instagram. I know I saw his name pop up. I'm making my phone wobble again, so I'm not going to scroll up. But I know that Aki is here and I'm going to introduce you to him and to his book as well. I'm just going to flip the banner here. On Facebook, you don't know what I'm talking about. On Instagram, do you know? Because you can't, you can't see this. Um, but today we are reading from this book. Truth is a Flightless Bird by Akbar Hussein, who also goes by Aki. Um, and this book is out now. And I love the cover because you can see it's a raven, but you can also see that's the moon, which I think is really, really cool. And this is the book we're reading from you today. Truth is a Flightless Bird. So I'm going to tell you all about Aki. I'm going to tell you all about the giveaway that we have for you today. And then I'm going to read you the description of the book and, of course, the first chapter. So are you ready? Let's do that then. All right. So... Akbar Hussein is the author of Truth is a Flightless Bird, a Kenya-based novel which has been optioned for an eight-part television miniseries. Congratulations, Aki. That's brilliant. Aki is also a successful entrepreneur, co-founding a financial technology startup while living in Nairobi. He has common and civil law degrees from McGill University. When not writing fiction or running the fintech, Aki can be found walking his Labrador Lucy with his partner and their three children. Now, Truth is a Flightless Bird, published on October 28th, so you can get your hands on it now. And you might also get your hands on it if you enter the giveaway. So this is how the giveaway works, which is so generously sponsored by Aki, of course, and by his publisher. Um, and here's how it works. On Instagram, please leave. Oh, hi, Diane Marie Brown. Yeah, I'll be mentioning your book in a little bit. <laughs> so please do here. So um, here's how you enter the giveaway for Aki. First of all, on Instagram, make sure you leave a comment for Aki now. You have to do it now. You have to do it no later than the end of the... If I, if I say goodbye and I switch the broadcast off, we're done. Um, you will not be able to enter the giveaway. So make sure you do that now. You have to enter now. It's an Instagram thing. Just, just do as you're told <laughs> and leave a question or a comment for Aki right now to enter the giveaway for Truth is a Flightless Bird. On Facebook, you have more time. You have until midnight Eastern time tonight to do the same thing. Leave a question, leave a comment for Aki here on Facebook, and you will be entered to win a copy of Truth is a Flightless Bird. There we go. That's the book we're reading from today. So now you know all about Aki, you know all about 
the giveaway. Um, let me give you his socials as well. Facebook page, Akbar Hussein. Instagram, Aki the Writer. Twitter, Aki Dovic. So that's A-K-I-D-O-V-I-C. And if all that fails, just go to akbarhussein.net and you will find all of the ways to find him there. So let me tell you about Truth is a Flightless Bird, which is out now. And a huge thank you to Aki and his publisher for allowing us to read for you today on First Chapter Fun. Nice, an eccentric UN worker involved in the dangerous world of her drug trafficking boyfriend in Mogadishu is kidnapped by Hinga, a corrupt police officer working for drug lords, and Siru, a complicated woman with a tragic past of her own. Her old flame, Duncan, a white American pastor, in an attempt to save her, is uprooted from his expat middle-class bubble and forced to navigate the moral complexities of the Nairobi underground, fraught with characters fighting for survival. Set against the impending arrival of President Obama to Kenya, Truth is a Flightless Bird, a crime novel, is an exploration of colonialism and current imperial and capitalist structures that create and perpetuate violence. Truth is a Flightless Bird is a brutal love letter to the frontier town that is present-day Nairobi, a studied observation of the failure of bare-knuckled capitalism, the inequality machines our city have become, and ultimately the profoundly irrational human capacity to hope to risk everything in order to have something in which to believe. That is the description of Truth is a Flightless Bird. Please enter the giveaway by leaving a comment for Aki right now on Instagram and before midnight tonight, Eastern Time, on Facebook. And if you're on Instagram, you can always hop on over to Facebook afterwards. Um, I wonder if you can hear that noise, the shower's running. <laughs> if it's not Hag's treadmill upstairs, it's the shower here. That's a new one. I don't think that has happened before. Um, but there we go. So let me get ready. I'm seeing all of your comments. There are so many lovely comments. Sounds really interesting, says a fa Facebook user. Mini series fun, says Shannon Hansen. Mini series wow, says Linda Oldsborough. And another Facebook user saying, wow, a TV series is amazing. Yes, I have a question. What was that like, Aki, to find out when you got the call, if it was a call or an email or however you found out that your book had been optioned, has been optioned for an eight-part mini-series? Tell us, tell us how that was. Tell us, um, tell us what that felt like. I'm really curious. All right. Are we ready? This is chapter one of Truth is a Flightless Bird by Akbar Hussein. Chapter one. Nice, travelled, light, no carry-on other than her wig of chestnut ringlets and her battered purse. And the quarter kilo of bespoke narcotics. This short flight to Nairobi had left her dry-mouthed. Biting her lower lip, she thought about the dozen drug packets, each as big as a thumbnail and painstakingly coated in red candle wax in her belly. She could still taste the acidic tinge of the orange juice she had washed them down with. She stifled a gag. Her scalp tingled under the wig as the humid air poured into the aircraft cabin. It had been a spontaneous thing, the wig, but now she was glad for it. It made her feel jaunty, in control, and it was one more layer 
of camouflage. The seatbelt signs pinged off and passengers began opening the overhead compartments. With the sound, Nice felt she had met another milestone in her trip, and she lapsed into an expressionless good humour, even allowing herself a languorous rub of her tummy without self-consciousness or hurry, as pregnant women are wont to do. A bearded man in the aisle seat on her left stood up, knocking Nice's reading glasses with his elbow. Sorry. Nice straightened the glasses and gave her neighbour a half-smile. She was getting useful insights from her debilitating morning sickness. For one, it focused the mind on important things, which, for her now, was not to vomit into this man's lap and to get off the plane into the cool Nairobi evening. Nice stood to look down the aisle to the exit. She took a pained breath, watching the harried parents, the mewling infants, the cowled and bird-boned Somali women, and the pinstriped businessmen exhaling self-importance in the cloistered cabin. The bearded man gestured shyly at Nice with his hands, cupping what seemed to be an invisible offering. This perplexed Nice, until she thought to fumble at her nose, her nostril bled onto her upper lip, unseen and unfelt. Ruffled, Nice turned away to her shuttered window. She fumbled for a sharp-smelling moist towelette in the front pouch of her seat. The skin around her nostril burned as she dabbed at it. Nice opened the shutter of her window and watched the bearded man in the plastic reflection, only turning to exit the plane when his wavy ghost had entered the aisle, turning to look at her one last time. Under the harsh lighting of the arrivals hall, Nice caught sight of herself in a mirrored wall, a wispy yet feminine frame under a fashionable head of hair. Aid worker, smuggler, time bomb. The gaunt face tightened and she leaned forward, resting her hands on denim knees. She seemed to herself unworthy of terms such as mother or even pregnant. Those were for other people pushing strollers in sun-dappled suburbs. The dizziness passed. Nice turned to enter the immigration line, bumping as she did so into an unseen person behind her. Sorry. The tall policeman looked bemused and smiled, but only with his mouth. His teeth were small and gleamed under the fluorescence. Hakuna Shida, are you okay? He seemed to be studying her face closely, as if trying to recall her or match her to a profile. Nice took in his neat pot belly, his shiny belt buckle bearing a trident and the unreadable eyes. She nodded and apologised again, longing to meld into the queue, and she turned to leave. Excuse me, came the policeman's firm voice, more insistent now as Nice risked another step away from him. Excuse me, madam. Nice stopped and turned back with what she hoped were also unreadable eyes. She forced herself to walk several steps in the policeman's direction and look directly into his eyes. The policeman withdrew from under his arm a hide-bound cane and gestured with its bulbous brass top at Nice's face. They stood under the humming tube lights. Here, here, he stabbed at the air with the cane toward her face, Nice, feeling stupid and alarmed, dabbed at the nosebleed with the back of her hand. Sorry, I I'm okay. Where's the washroom, please? The brass head levitated over and beyond Nice's left shoulder, hovering at her earlobe. 
Nice nodded in thanks and turned to walk not too quickly towards the sign for the toilets. Madam, here! The policeman handed Nice a handkerchief of white linen, still sharply creased. The handkerchief smelled damp, yet Nice wanted desperately to press it to her bleeding nose for the dignity it would afford her. The policeman nodded his, his assent to the unspoken question. Prior to her pregnancy and the astonishing morning sickness which had ensued, Nice would never have soiled a stranger's handkerchief with her bodily fluids, but now she inhaled the dank scent of the cotton cloth, feeling, feeling it absorb her stubborn blood. I'm, I'm sorry for the mess. Nice walked with brisk steps to the washroom. She was not frightened yet. Once inside, she placed her purse on the wet countertop and her glasses into the purse. Her scalp itched. She laved cold water on her face and felt a measure of relief from the nausea, the dizziness and the anxiety. More water, each ablution, giving her more assurance. She placed a hand on the wig, readjusted it. Are you sure you're OK? The policeman's voice was conversational, yet deafening in the sanctity of the empty washrooms a chilling brazenness to his posture, standing as he was inside the lady's washroom, studying her. He smiled as though some difficult equation had unclipped within him. The door shut behind him and they were alone. Nice's mouth grew dry once more. Yes, yes, thanks. Anxious to fill the void, she added, sorry about your handkerchief. I like the wig, very realistic. He seemed to relax in the knowledge that he'd found what he was seeking. You come to Kenya often? He seemed utterly unconcerned about his trespassing into the women's washroom, that someone could walk in at any moment. It was as if he'd claimed the entire airport as his, as his private office. Yes, for work. Nice consciously checked herself from volunteering any information. Beautiful country. For some but you seem unwell. Should we go to the medical evaluation tent? Oh, no. Nice ran a finger under her nose to ensure the bleeding had stopped, then stopped herself. Really, nothing serious. Need some fresh air. I've just arrived from Mogadishu. The policeman took a few steps across the black and white tarred floor and stood shoulder to shoulder with Nice, speaking at her reflection in the mirror. Mogadishu, lovely place. He said this with the same void between the smiling mouth and the sleepy cunning in his eyes. Nice felt immediate regret at having disclosed her port of departure. But then, she reasoned, there were only two flights that had recently arrived, so it would have been easy for the policeman to figure this out, had he been so inclined. He seemed not to be so inclined. I find airports disconcerting. Too many people so easy to miss the one you seek. Nice blinked over the tap. He continued, I feel I could know you better, given time. He tore a tissue from the plastic dispenser and absent-mindedly polished the belt buckle with it, never breaking eye contact with Nice's reflection in the mirror. Two blit seconds passed. The policeman turned to face, turned his face to Nice, came in close, seemed about to say something, she felt his warm, even breath and saw the small incisors gleaming. Before either could speak, the door to the washroom clanged open and through it crashed a large woman in a flower-patterned garment, swinging plastic duty-free bags. 
Without words, utterly unperturbed, the policeman turned towards the newly arrived woman. He walked towards her, leaned in and took one of the bags from her doughy hand. He peered into the yellow plastic bag and withdrew a bottle of whiskey still in its cylindrical case. Removing the bottle and breaking its seal, the policeman inhaled deeply of the caramel-coloured liquid. He handed the open bottle to the woman in the flowery dress. Police business. With a barely perceptible nod, the man exited the ladies' washroom. At the sink, and under the gaping look of the duty-free woman, Nice tore some tissues from the dispenser and then withdrew to a stall to gather herself. She fished about in her purse and withdrew the small brown envelope containing emetic pills, which would induce a quick and painful vomiting. But losing those precious red bullets now would mean the end of the smuggling mission, which would in turn bring consequences to herself and her unborn baby, Pendo. She thought of Duncan, who was no doubt waiting for her in the arrival's parking lot. Had she made a mistake asking him to come, involving him unwittingly in this scheme? Nice considered the handwritten note of confession hidden in her bra and took it out, another route of escape, however catastrophic for her. Sitting on the toilet seat, Nice saw a tear land on a black tile. She had not felt her own tear roll down her cheek, and this gave her some resolve. To go forward was, if she played her cards right, to be free from all that haunted her and the best way to save her baby. Her child would not pay for her mother's life choices. Nice ran her palms over her face. She was wasting time in this bathroom. She stuffed the pills back into her purse. She waited until the washroom was empty again, washed her face once more and walked out into the terminal, inhaled the air-conditioned air, feeling it pass over her still dry nasal passage. The policeman was nowhere to be seen. Nice filled out the arrival card and stepped into the immigration queue, preparing all the while to resume, if necessary, the stilted interaction with Maura Plom. Having gotten her passport stamped, Nice saw the cop. He was standing with his back to her now, near the baggage reclaim. Screwing up her courage, Nice walked up to him, touched the epaulet on his shoulder, and handed him back the handkerchief, spotted now with her scarlet blood. Thank you again. The policeman took the handkerchief unsqueamishly, tucking it into his trouser pocket. They walked together towards the exit, the clamouring taxi drivers. The automatic sliding doors hissed open. In the cool, damp air, the policeman stopped. Nice looked up into his face, trying to get past those eyes, and then awkwardly stuck out her hand. The policeman shook it, maintaining eye contact. The handshake seemed to last a long time. With his free hand, the cop brought forth the handkerchief from his trouser pocket and held the rubied stain to his mouth. Between the startling sharp teeth, Nice saw the dart of a vivid pink tongue. See you again. Soon, perhaps, the man lisped behind the fabric, Safarian Gemma. Nice stumbled away from him into the waiting throng. She scanned the crowd, standing on tiptoes. Duncan had to be here. He was never late. She was conscious that the policeman could still be watching her, seeing who had come to pick her up. A white man in a collarino, that would only draw more attention. She shouldered her way deeper into the bodies, tobacco and body odour mixing with the damp air. There, beyond the drop-off lane, in a pool of yellowed sodium lights, Duncan was jogging towards the terminal, checking his wristwatch. 
She allowed herself a sigh of relief and, in the same instant, turned to see if the policeman still watched her. He stood where they'd parted at the exit of the terminal, arms crossed over his chest, eyeing the crowd in a professional manner. Could he see her? Was he looking for her? Either way, she had to be sure to get out of his line of sight. There, behind some scaffolding, was a series of concrete blocks, effectively hidden from the terminal's exit. A billboard of President Obama grinning stood above, like a beacon of hope. Straightening her wig, she made her way behind the terminal. Rain fell from the gunmetal sky. That was Truth is a Flightless Bird. Chapter One by Akbar Hussein. Out now, available now for you to order. <laughs> Hank is saying, my heart is beating so fast. I know, I know. Judy says, uh-oh, growth. I know the whole handkerchief thing. Oh, yes, really. Uh, Rena says, what a gripping chapter. Um, Carla says, that was amazing. Penny says, wow. Linda says, oh my, now what? Oh, well, you have to read it. Um, and Penny also says, I am so hooked at your service. <laughs> Sylvia says, that was a great reading. Thank you very much. Um, and we have JG, JGM Yvette says, yes, I would love to read this. I know, right? It's so absolutely gripping and my phone, my phone is bouncing all over the way again because I am trying to read all of your comments. The book club chat, the book chat club says, OMG, with big eyes. And Celebrate444 says, yikes, what a scheme to be in. I know, such a terrific first chapter. Truth is a flightless bird. Look at that color. I just love the raven. And then you have the night sky. I can't see that that well on Facebook. But you've got the moon as the eye. And then the night sky, just absolutely brilliant. Thank you, Aki, for letting us read for you today. A Facebook user says, next trip will be to the library. Yes. So here's the thing. If you find that your library does not have a copy of Truth is a Flightless Bird, ask them to get one or more in. We love it when you do that. That is so cool because that way you can enjoy it and other people can too. And it gets people to the library and libraries are so important. So please, please ask them to do that. Ask them to add every single first chapter fun book. Hey, maybe you could get libraries to have a first chapter fun section with all of the first chapter fun books. That would be kind of neat. Anyway, I'm rambling. I hope you enjoyed the chapter. Let me tell you about... The book we have, I just, ah, oh, this cover is just so gorgeous. We have Black Candle Women by Diane Marie Brown. This is the book we are going to be reading from on Tuesday. There is magic in it, as you might be able to tell from the cover. It struck me as, as something magical for sure. Um, but we also have love and we also have a decades old curse, a very unfortunate decades old curse. Uh, isn't that just a spectacular cover as well? This is what we will be reading from on Tuesday. I'm so excited. It's going to be brilliant, brilliant. So today's book, don't forget, you have about another, I don't know, 30 seconds tops 
to enter the giveaway to win a copy of Truth is a Flightless Bird on Instagram. Leave your question or comment for Aki right now. Do it now, now, now. Time is running out. Tick tock, tick tock. On Facebook, you have more time. You have until midnight Eastern time tonight to enter the giveaway. And so Tuesday's book, Diane Marie Brown, Black Candle Women. We can't wait to see you again on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> Hank says, it's so wonderful to see you all. It's so strange to be watching from someplace other than home. Hey, Hank, is this the first time you've tuned into First Chapter Fun from somewhere other than your office? I guess it must be. That was weird for me too, tuning in from Switzerland last year. Um, which we'll be doing again this year, hopefully. Um, well, that's a plan anyway. Um, so yes, tell us, is it the first time? That's really that's really quite funny. Um, so I hope you had fun and I hope you enjoyed First Chapter Fun today with Truth is a Flightless Bird. Tune in again on Tuesday for Black Candle Women by Diane Marie Brown. We hope we'll see you then again on Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Until then, you know what's coming if you've watched this before. Please say it with me. Stay safe, stay kind, and we will see you again on Tuesday. Thank you for watching.